Thank you, Tony, uh, for leading. Uh, my printer broke this morning just before I was going to print off the sermon, so my first ever time on electronics, so this could be more disastrous than usual. Lots of reasons for me to worry this morning, just before I left the house. Um, Lee Dutfield um, is a, a brother in Christ who preaches, and he asked me to preach to his church earlier in the week on this passage, and I was so struck by how helpful it is for everyone and what we're going through in life at the moment. I wanted to preach on it here as well. Um, children, if you're writing things down, trying to follow, um, write down loads of things that make you worry. And then on the other side of the page, write down ways in which you think church can help you with those worries. So things that cause you to worry, your printer breaks just before you need it, that type of thing, and how church helps. Um, the adults are all thinking there's been loads of reasons to worry this year and last year, which are causing me deep anxiety. Everybody listening worries, probably too much, and we want to help with that this morning. Um, I was going to list all the ways that I've been worrying in the last year, and maybe what you've been worrying about. But that would be the longest sermon in the world. I'm a big worrier uh, behind the scenes. Um, even in the last 48 hours, what's occupied your thoughts more than anything else? Was it causes of concern? I counted. I've now got three gray hairs. Um, so I'm obviously worrying uh, maybe too much. Now, there's all sorts of coping mechanisms that we're, we're doing, and I'm reading the statistics the newspapers, the magazines, social media. There are some really bad ways happening at the moment of coping with anxiety and worry. There's some good ways, but there's some really destructive ways. Um, I used to listen to a song by John Mayer, who's a really good guitarist, in my opinion. Um, I'm looking if the media team are giving a nod of approval because they know music. They don't seem to know who he is. Yeah, okay. So he's quite new. Well, about 15 years, and he's got a song called Age of Worry. And in that song, he gives tips on how not to worry and that we all spend too much time worrying. The problem is, though, he doesn't mention Jesus. He's got loads of coping mechanisms, and none of them are Jesus. And if we don't have Jesus, and if we don't know the living God, we should be worrying because God is angry with us. He's not our father. He's a God that we're at war with. So our problems are really just beginning. So John Mayer, if you're listening, like you stand for so many of us who are trying to deal with life's worries and issues without Jesus. And that's a no-go. Without the father in heaven and involving him, that's a no-go. There's just judgment outside of peace with God. That's terrible. So... How do we stop worrying so much? And here's the short answer. Every human being needs to sort their theology out. And now you're like, oh, I don't even know what that means, let alone am I going to do it, Owen. That's not the answer. No, wait, it is the answer. Theology is basically your view of God. Everybody has a view of God. And there's nothing, there's no truth more 
fundamental in your life than your view of God and life and who you are, your religious view, is there a world to come? It's all linked to God. Once you have a view of God, and everybody does, you then sort of handle life accordingly. So if there's no God in your head, you'll deal with worry in a certain set of ways. If there is a God in your head, you'll deal with worries in life a certain set of ways. Um, there's nothing more important than getting your theology right, your view of God. In church, we use terms like hope, joy, peace, love. Church talks about that a lot, but none of it means anything without theology and having the correct view of God. We're all going to be worrying on Monday if the person who's ultimately in control of everything, we've got the wrong view of him. It all falls into place accordingly. And you're like, oh, and I'm not a theologian. You are. Every child and adult listening has a view of God. We're all theologians. Some of us are bad ones. Some of us are better ones. We all live according to our worldview. And worry fits into that. So how do we stop worrying? Well, Jesus in the passage that Tony read, he's standing on a mountain and he's doing something. He's saying, get your view of God right, and then everything else is going to fall into place. Seek God, get to know Him and His kingdom, and everything else will then fall into place accordingly. Jesus is teaching us this. You will worry less if you do what I say and have the correct view of God. And he's been hammering home who God is, and Tony mentioned it in the children's talk. Jesus basically says like this, God is a father. Anybody worrying out there, says Jesus on the mountain, do not worry. Our father cares. He's my father, says Jesus. And everybody who's friends with me, I bring them into the family, and then he's their father too. So, dear worrier, what's your view of God this morning? If you start your view of God like this, he's an almighty creator, and he's omnipresent, and omnipotent, and omniscient, and all these um, concepts. If you go there first, this is what's going to happen to you for the rest of the day, and on Monday and Tuesday. Your God is so big, he's busy creating stuff and ruling stuff. And you're going to think, well, my little life issues, he's way too busy for me. If that's your starting point of God, he's, way, he's going to be way too busy creating and ruling stuff for what you are going through. And when you have meltdown Mondays, which many of us do, that's when we start reaching for the booze or self-despair, or a new regime, turn over a new leaf, whatever it is, because God is too busy for us. So Jesus has been lining everybody up on that mountain, and whoever's listened to him, and he's drilling this home. Start your view of God 
with our Father. And he's just prayed before the bit we read. Start your prayer life. The prayer that needs to be infused into planet Earth is this. Our Father. Start there. Now people listening, these Bible stories and what Jesus taught, they're not fanciful nursery rhymes which we just enjoy thinking about once a week. This is for you on Monday mornings or in the nights when you can't sleep or you get that terrible news that you were dreading. You really do need to believe this. Jesus is on the throne and his Father is life. And you can be safe with him, whatever happens. There's two kingdoms. People listening are divided into two kingdoms. There's two kingdoms that we're all fixated on. One of them is the Father's kingdom, which Jesus is talking about. And he has his King Jesus that we can talk to all day long. And then there's this kingdom of darkness, outside of God, sin, death, self, carrying all of our problems. That's out there. And both kingdoms have a king. Uh, one is Jesus, and Jesus says the other one, the captain of that world and that kingdom, is Satan. And there's a few times in life where these two kings have met. They met in the Garden of Eden. They met in the wilderness with Jesus. They met on Mount Calvary when Jesus died. And what happens is, the one king demolishes the king of the other kingdom. And the hymn writer puts it like this. They had a fight. Though two had wounds, they conquered one. And Jesus was his name. Jesus came to destroy the king and kingdom of anything outside of his father's kingdom. And here's why it matters. The father is leaning into the lives of his people this morning. His king is leaning over every one of his family members this morning. And he says, Come to me with your worries. There's nothing outside of our kingdom anymore. It's all darkness. Come to me. Nothing stops my kingdom from carrying on forever. You're safe. We've defeated the prince of darkness and that stuff, that evil stuff. Come to me and cast all your burdens upon us. And that means this. There's a kingdom with a father who has unhindered sway ruling this morning. So when 700 women and children were murdered um, a few days ago in Ethiopia, and large amounts of them were Christians, women and children, Jesus was with them. Jesus allowed it. The father is in control and will work it for good. Even then, he carried them into glory forevermore. They are safe. And the rescue plan for us all, the message to the watching world is, we need to believe it, 
even when we're suffering with anxiety or facing the worst possible things in life, our Father is still in control. Even those women and children in Ethiopia were safe in the arms of Jesus on their worst day. Why? Because our Father has a kingdom. And we're to live this on earth as it is in heaven. And there's no rivals anymore. He's one. We're safe. I don't know if you remember 1989, uh, but I've been watching a YouTube documentary about uh, Nikolai Ceausescu, and who was, nods from the, right, yep, some people here do. He was a communist politician leader, general secretary of the Romanian Communist Party. In 1989, he gave a speech on a balcony to his members of his little kingdom on earth. And he's giving a speech about his regime and all his followers are listening. But what happens is, and it's fascinating if you watch it, an enemy sort of creeps in with a different message. And the message is, during this speech on a balcony, that communism has fallen. It's over for that little kingdom. And what happens is, during his speech, absolute panic starts breaking out from among Ceausescu's followers. And he can't control them. And he's leaning over the balcony saying, um, his, well, his friends are calling him back. There's a riot, come in. And he's like, no. And he's shouting out, hello, stay quiet. What's wrong with you people? It's all right. And it's an, an amazing picture of a kingdom instantly falling before your eyes. And the king has lost all control. Well, he was like a king. He was their leader. Instant downfall. Mass chaos. Panic, anxiety, and worry because the king's regime was over. Well, according to Jesus, his father um, has installed a king in Psalm 2, and they are right now sitting there in absolute peace. And their kingdom is totally untouched. And all members of their kingdom, the Christians, the Jesus people, are 100% secure, knowing that no lasting harm is any, ever going to touch them. There is no riot or fear in heaven right now with King Jesus and his Father. They are not panicking. So on Monday morning, his people, do not panic. It's done. Jesus is ascended on high. And Jesus has taught all of that. And then he sort of ties it all off in the bit Tony read. He just says this word, Therefore, our Father's in heaven. We need to live on earth as it is in heaven. It's all safe up there. Jesus wins. Everything's okay. And then he just goes, Therefore, because of that, uh, it'll be all right. Do not worry. And that's theology, having that view of our Father. He says in verse 32, if you seek the kingdom, just seek the kingdom. That's all right. Have your mind on the reality. The captain of our army, ladies and gentlemen, for the Jesus people, for the Christians, says, do not worry. That's a command. I don't know if you find this is true, but I often take Jesus as Savior. I love the forgiveness bit, but I don't always make him Lord. But he is to be Lord 
over my worries and my anxiety. I can hand that stuff over to him as well. You remember when he spoke to Mary and Martha? He said, Martha, you're too distracted. I'm right here in front of you. You're troubled about many things. I am sufficient to handle everything. Focus on me. Now, I'm not one to knock the good old King James Version. It's one of my favorites. But if you're reading that right now in verse 25, the English isn't that helpful. It says, take no thought for your life. <clears throat> That's not the best English. Jesus is not telling us, as uh, we're listening this morning, don't ever plan to sort out your problems in life. We do have issues and we're not to be blasé about them. Then he talks about birds of the air, who if they want food and they're worried about not eating, they have to work to get their food. It doesn't just drop out of the sky. Church isn't to just like fall back and just let the whole world roll over them. Paul often talks about lazy people. They have issues because they're not willing to work for their food. And he says that's a terrible, terrible thing. Jesus, when he's worried, or is he? We'll get to that in a bit. Basically tells the Father about it, but then trusts him anyway. The better English for this bit, and it's important about how we act tomorrow, is don't be full of care. Yet make plans to try and sort your issues out in life, but don't be full of those worries and anxieties. I've got you. I've got the birds, I've got you. And then, he lists all the ways in your life where that should make a difference. And he basically lists what clothes you wear, the work you do, your body health, your food, your finances. He covers them all in the passage that was read. And the message is this, don't have a God who is general, but doesn't govern and care about the specifics in your life. Go to him with everything. Tony read verse 32. Your father knows what you need. Have an attitude of trust in him. So, let Jesus shape your view of God this morning. He is a father. Now, where I used to live, there were some terrible fathers. And I'm not the best father by any means, but there was a particular culture. They were basically boys with beards who sort of sired children and then abandoned the women to raise the children and went off and played their games and whatever it is that they did. There were some real bad parents. And I noticed that parent, dads my age who had walked out on their families from because uh, they were quite selfish, would still give tons of presents to their children. They would never give themselves. It was too much responsibility. They ran away from it. But they would flood with loads of gifts. And the message to the child was, I'll give you my money and my gifts, but you're not having me. That is the essence of a bad father. With our father, we're not to think of those types of dads who are disinterested in our worries and life. Our father is altogether trustworthy. 
with every area of our lives that we can come to Him and talk to Him with. How do we know it? Because Romans 8 said this, He did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us. How will He not therefore also, along with Jesus, give us all things we need? Our Father this morning says this, My Son is all I have. He's my very best. And I'm giving Him to you. And your, son is, your sin is going to kill Him. But I'm still sending Him to rescue you. So your sins can be forgiven. So I can be your Father. And there's no barrier between us anymore. I'm giving you everything I've got. Heaven's best is coming for you. That's how much I love you. So you can talk to me about your worries. I care for your soul that much. You can trust me with everything. There's nothing more for me to give you. I've given you all. Come to me. So, don't worry about tomorrow. You're just designed to handle one day at a time. Give us this day our daily bread. It is utter folly to worry about things which haven't even happened yet. Each day, eat daily bread from your Father to get through. I'm always slightly concerned about people who are not connected with church, because church puts on spiritual meals throughout the week. And if we don't connect with Christians and be Jesus-focused in our lives, who's handling our worries that day? The answer is us. So each day, come to God's people and eat Jesus-centered bread together. And I close with this. As ever, Moses showed that the best. Moses and our church forefathers had joyful lives. And it was all around their priest who was acting out the role of Jesus. And they would come to the priest with their worries, their guilt, and their shame in the Old Testament. The priest would sacrifice an animal on their behalf, another picture of Jesus dying for us, taking away their sins. And what you find in the ancient church is this. Their marriages were a source of joy, not stress, because they obeyed their Father in heaven. Their children were brought up to live fruitful lives because they obeyed and trusted their father and involved him in parenting. People weren't in daily fear of enemies because their priest was with them and they were trusting in the divine high priest that he represented. They lived clean lives. Even food they ate. Read Deuteronomy 14 to 17. It's all about the kitchen and how we can glorify God even with food. And they had no existential crises about who they are or where they were going or they're carrying too much in life because they knew they were safe with their God. So our Father, in Jesus' name, we worship you. We come to you with everything. We thank you, and please help us to worry less. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Right, we're going to close by singing uh, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Great choice. Thank you. <laughs>